look, you only have so many hours in a day and you're out there supporting customers and I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, what would it do for you and your business if you could support that customer while you were sleeping? Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla 76 This episode is brought to you by Prolific, an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O- L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. I've been doing content marketing for over 10 years with manufacturers. And one of my strongest beliefs is that the most important insights to fuel your content need to come from the brains of your organization's subject matter experts. But when your subject matter experts are engineers or other technical professionals who are hired to do a job at your company, and that job wasn't marketing, how do you effectively bring them into the content creation process? Because more often than not, they'll be the first ones to tell you that they don't have time for that. My guest today is unique in the sense that he comes from an engineering background, but has found himself in a marketing role. And man, is he doing a great job bringing those two sides of his company's business together. Let me introduce him. Chris Granger is focused on serving others. After completing his engineering degree, he found himself more interested in learning about different manufacturing companies and supporting them through electrical distribution than taking on a more traditional engineering role. Chris has had a myriad of roles from sales engineer to business development to operations, and now he oversees engineering and services. Chris founded and hosts a weekly podcast called Eco Asks Why, where he has interviewed industry experts as they explore a variety of industrial topics, always focused on people and ideas over products. The podcast has put Chris side by side with his marketing team and is where he's truly found his passion. Chris has taken his love for podcasting and serving others to another show called The Lion Within Us. And that show is aimed at serving Christian men who are hungry to be leaders that they are predestined to be. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. It's an honor to be here, my friend. Awesome. Well, Chris, um, you know, here's what I really love about what I see you doing out there online. You are an engineering guy. You're a guy with an engineering background that has sort of found your way into marketing and, and you've, you've fully embraced content marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked with a lot of manufacturers over the last decade or so, and your type is a rare breed, I will tell you. So I, I, what I would love to have you do here is just start up by telling our listeners a little bit about what inspired you to dive headfirst into content creation for your company, Eco. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a, it's a inter- I guess, an interesting story. You know, 2018, I was running the operations division of Eco from a from our motor shop, motor repair, reliability services, things like that. And they decided to we needed to to divest of that part of our part of our business. So, come December 2018, 
the crew that I've been working with for, for years, you know, they were gone. So I was, I was, okay, where do I go now? So the eco was, was gracious. They offered me an, an opportunity to oversee engineering and services. I came to that group and that's working with the subject matter experts, you know, and, and the product managers, the solution architects that, that really, you know, they're, they're the ones that they, they gets the, you know, nuts and bolts really designing solutions out there for manufacturing to support, to support manufacturing. And I was overseeing experts, but I was not in the trenches like they were. Right. So I've, I was able to provide them good oversight, management, uh, direction, things like that. But I still felt kind of just, just a little bit lost, to be honest, just, just trying to figure out where to go. And so I started, you know, on my drives to, to see customers and to support them. I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I was listening to, uh, you know, Gary V a lot and things like that. And I started, started really thinking about, marketing and how our customers are buying and how, how I could help our team of experts be in front of their customers when they're not in front of their customers. Right. So just trying to help them think through that. And so that just really, you know, everything lined up, we brought in a marketing manager who, who turned out to be probably one of the best friends I have on the planet right now. His name is Adam Sheets. Uh, and, and we just hit it off. So he was able to teach me a lot about marketing too. And it, that kind of was just a really good opportunity for where he was marketing. He didn't know engineering or necessarily electrical, what we do. And I was the opposite. I knew what we did. You know, I had that understanding of, of the, the technical aspect, but I didn't know the marketing world. So we just literally, we, I mean, we feel like it's, at one point we were just living together. I mean, our wives call it a bromance, whatever, you know, that's fine. But we, uh, we, we, we took that opportunity just to, to lean in on each other, uh, to make each other sharper. And that's really led to this, this whole world of content creation with the podcast, with videos, blogs, and it's just kind of taking, taking us to where we're all right now. Yeah. I love that. I love that you kind of recognize the opportunity and I, I spend so much time, um, or have throughout, you know, over 10 years working with manufacturers, just trying to help on you know, engineers and you know, more technical people understand why we need their brains and their participation in content. Because you know, I, I always say the best content comes from the brains of a company's deep subject matter experts. The marketer's right. job is to be the facilitator and to figure out how to tap into that and turn it into something that is public facing for your audience. So right. I guess my question for you, Chris, is like, how do you get and how have you been able to get engineers and technical professionals to actually care about your content marketing initiative and to be able to understand why it's important that they're, they're a part of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think some of it is just showing them, you know, and, and getting them to, to understand, to think scalable. You know, I, I use, I use that a lot with my guys. Like, look, you only have so many hours in a day, you know, and, and you're out there supporting customers and I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, what would it do for you and your business if you could support that customer while you were sleeping? And that would generate some, some leads for you that were actually warm leads that you could go in at that point, you know, you're, you're further down the sales process and you could take it and, and serve them at a greater level. And once I started talking like that, okay, then they started getting, you know, connecting the dots. And then some of it just came down to outright reporting structure. I'll just be honest with you, Joe. So a lot of these engineers, they reported to me. So if it was important to me, it was important to them. And, and we did interesting things like uh, their MBOs, the way they, their, their objectives, the way they got paid from some of their bonuses were actually tied to content. And 
no, you know, nobody had ever done that before. And, and our, my boss, he was at the time, he was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, well, look, if it's important enough that we find that there's value for our customers, that the people we're trying to serve, then yeah. I mean, we're asking them to dedicate their time to it. So this needs to be part of their, their compensation package. So, you know, it came down to like, we started really simple with number of blogs. Like there were, there was a blog requirement that they had to write. Uh, and then I, this, this past year, we, we, we took it to videos, you know, how to videos. And so they, they starting to understand and, and events and things like that. So they're starting to understand that, Hey, it's kind of the way the role is evolving. So, I, you know, and they, most of them have, have really leaned into it. They enjoy that part of it. Uh, I can't say they enjoy always being behind a camera, but they, they enjoy sharing their knowledge. So that, that really was as a way for us to, to lean into it. And I've tried to do things to make it easy for them. You know, I, I, I'll write scripts, you know, a lot of times I'll even do the videos, you know, where I'll, uh, I'll get the content from them. You know, I'll, I'll basically interview my people and show, okay, show me this software, for instance. And, and why is this important to the customer? And why would they need to know this? And, and I'll just pound them with questions. And then when I, at the, at the end of that, of that VOC, if you will, then I have what I need to make the content that is out there for the end user, right? Things like that. So we're just trying to different things like that to get them engaged. Man, I love that. And this is just a, a completely different perspective on it than you know most conversations I've had about this topic because you are a guy who comes from that engineering background and you can mm -hmm. sort of, you know, empathize with them and, and the fact that they've got a job to do. And I think the fact that part of their compensation is tied to being a part of content creation is just fantastic because mm -hmm. now it's not just this thing I'll do. If I have some extra time, I'll go help Chris out with what he needs and give him 15 minutes before I run off to my next thing. Like it's right. actually part of their role. Man, it's really great. Can you talk a little bit, Chris, about you know, like what types of content I've heard? You, you know, obviously, you have your podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you you kind of mentioned video blogs. Talk a little bit more about different content types and the role they play at Eco. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it all started with our blog. I mean, that that was really where it's at. When and still where we we see a lot of our traffic. So my team, they really, we lean into to writing blogs on a pretty consistent basis. The podcast naturally that, that took off in, in 2020, you know, we actually started that like a month before the pandemic. It was crazy. So I, I, I did my first recording at eco and literally the next day or the next week, everything shut down. So the studio, but the cool part was I had all the equipment. So I, I just brought it all to my home office and built the home studio that I'm in right now. And, you know, we never missed a beat. So, you know, that the podcast, and then I guess about a year into the podcast, we added the video component to it. So it started off as an audio only podcast. So we added the video component to it. And then once I started, you know, studying video, you know, I started thinking about um, things from like, they ask you answer the visual sale, you know, different types of ways to, to make videos that actually impact manufacturing that, that would, that would help serve people in a, in a, in a much higher level. And that really took us to the next level. Okay. When I'm planning with my guys, we're, we're not planning now anymore on, you know, a video because we think it's cool. We're trying to, all right, what, what questions are we getting asked all the time? Cause we need to first address those. And then we need to start answering the questions like costs and the basic stuff that people want, they go to Google, or however they're searching LinkedIn, we want to be able to pop up as a, as a, as a 
authority in some of those areas and be able to show, Hey, we have expertise. We can help you. Here's what you need to answer that question. So that's really lean a lot of the content that we're trying to create right now. Yeah. I think your perspective on that is spot on, you know, as a guy who's been doing a lot of content marketing, I mean, doing it, it's been at the core of my career, frankly. Um, and you mentioned the book, they ask you answer, which uh, anybody listening should go check out. It's uh, by Marcus Sheridan. It's probably my favorite marketing book out there, but his whole, his whole thing as the title implies, they ask you answers. You know, what questions are your ideal customers and prospects trying to get answered? What are they trying to learn in their buying process? What are they struggling with in their jobs where your expertise can, you know, help that. And, and I think there are a lot of great consultative salespeople out there, salespeople who know how to mm -hmm. kind of get to the core of an issue that, you know, their prospects are trying to face and they help it's more of a solution-based sale where they're, they're actually a resource to them. I don't think a lot of market that translates to marketing in a lot of companies and marketing just winds up being this sort of, you know, brochure style communication, talking about ourselves and how great our people are and how great our customer services and blah, blah, blah. Same thing. Everybody's saying the approach you're talking about here, Chris is really understanding what things your audience, what things matter to your audience and specifically those buying process influencers that, you know, you need to reach and influence, what do they care about? And let's make content around that. So you can be a resource to them. That'll help you get found. It'll help you earn trust and attention. And, and then it opens the door to sales conversations because it, you know, you've, you've got their attention and they actually, you know, you've built credibility for yourself. Right. 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 And I'll tell you a couple other resources, Joe, that I've been studying mm -hmm. around that is, you know, I, I interviewed Wendy Covey uh, from yep. Content Marketing Engineered, and, and she's got a book so, talking about some of the personas. And then there's a book out there, The, the Buyer Personas uh, by Capella. I forget her, her, her first name. Yep. But then also like uh, there's a book of super fans from Pat Flynn. And Pat Flynn is is more on passive income type of strategy. Yeah. He's got a, you may be familiar with his show. I'm not sure, but it's all about really niching down and knowing who you're serving. And then once you know who you're serving, okay, you know, what do they really need? And how can you provide that, that person value? So that's really driving a lot of my thinking right now and where I'm trying to go to creation. Cause I mean, it's not just about vanity metrics and, you know, likes and, and subscribers. It's really about, are we, are we getting that engagement? Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, slide decks. For many manufacturers, these are the places where key account details are stored. But the most effective manufacturing sales teams today are leveraging technology for strategic account management and for maintaining customer relationships. Two of those tools, Prolific Relationship Map and Prolific Crush, allow for real-time visibility into key account growth, new business pursuits, and which customers are at risk, and all right inside of Salesforce. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot AI. So Chris, let's talk podcasts specifically. Um, sure. I know that's been kind of your flagship uh, platform here over the last couple of years. As you mentioned, you started it just before the pandemic and you've kept it going. So you're, I guess you're probably right around two years now. Yeah. Two years. We're getting ready to, to hit 200 episodes here very soon. Wow. That's huge. So what 
from you know your perspective, what are the benefits of that particular medium? You know, an audio based, and I know you've had a video component to it too. But what are the benefits of podcasting as a medium right here in the manufacturing sector? Because I think a lot of manufacturers think, yeah, podcast that's for you know tech people and and stuff. But like here you are as in an electrical distribution company with almost 200 episodes that you've, yeah. you know, spent your time producing. Talk about podcasting for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for, for me, I think it's been just the, the conversations and the, the exposure that it's given us for one, you know, it's, it's really we're also outside of that. We're not really the only distributor that's just doing it. <laughs> so we've been, we've been somewhat of, 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 of a lone wolf now for a couple of years, but it's really just opened up so many great, for me, relationships, I've been able to have conversations with people I never would have met ever in, in the past. But from those conversations, it's led to opportunities for us to serve them in different areas that we that we weren't doing that before. So I've been able to take several guests that we worked through, you know, with on Eco Ask Why. And, you know, from that experience and just getting to know them, we find some common threads of needs that they may have in the future. And when I'm able to connect them, although I'm not in sales, I can connect them with the right resources at eco and, you know, it just goes from there. So it's not, you know, you're not going in cold or anything like that. And it's been, it's just been a really good beachhead for opportunities for us to, to serve new markets or even take a, uh, you know, like the book, good to great, take a good customer and turn them into a great one because you're putting a wonderful spotlight on them. And the people that I'm interviewing, they're, they're not getting, you know, they're, they're used to salespeople calling on them, but they're not used to, to be an interview like this and with a camera on and sharing about their story and how they got through, you know, manufacturing and, and what it's meant for them and their families and things like that. So it's something cool that they can take home too and share with their, with their personal network. And that's creating a whole new exposure to people from, to, to manufacturing just, in, just by that, you know, so it's, that's been the real benefit, I think, from, from me personally, and as well as from, from a business ROI standpoint of, of making those connections. Yeah, I love that. I, I would agree with you as, you know, you've done probably twice, twice as many episodes as me at this point, but my experience has been, you know, yeah, the relationship building, talking mm -hmm. to people that would, as you said, are, would you otherwise probably wouldn't have had the chance to talk to. Right. There's a business development component of this. It's just sort of naturally it happens by putting yourself side by side with smart people and, and, you know, exposing yourself to more people in your audience. The market research side of it has been huge for me, I know, which is just, mm -hmm. you know, being able to talk to people in your audience time after time after time and learn yeah. what's going on in their world and understand that it just makes you smarter um, and helps you understand your space a lot better so you can do your job better. So, yeah. For sure. I mean, that, that research, I mean, there's so much, you know, you're a podcaster, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, there's so much pre-work that goes into an interview. You know, if you want to, in my opinion, if you want to do it right. So for me, you know, if, if I'm re recording with someone in manufacturing, you know, I want to go learn about their business. I'm looking at some videos. I'm trying to con consume some content so that I can have a meaningful conversation with them. Uh, and if they've created content for themselves, but maybe they wrote case studies or white papers or whatever, I'm going to actually read that stuff, you know, and take that time because I want to be able to go into it and, and be able to have an engaging conversation. It, it is, it's sharpened me to the point where like I, I was interviewing so many people on industrial cybersecurity that this topic kept coming up. I actually went out and took an industrial cybersecurity course through the department of Homeland defense and passed it somehow by the grace of God, but I was able to pass that course, but 
it, it just put me in a position to where I felt a little bit more comfortable having those conversations, but I never would have been challenged that way. You know, had not been talking to these people about these wonderful topics. That's a really good example. Yeah. So Chris, you know, one of the things that or the areas, you know, I'll see some pushback sometimes on investing in a content program, whether it means launching a podcast or it means even just committing to consistent publishing of blog content is, you know, well, what, well, what's the ROI going to be? What, how are we going to be able to know that this has, you know, this effort has produced, you know, a five X ROI or a two X ROI or even paid itself back. And I think it's kind of the wrong mindset. I don't want to mm -hmm. sound like, you know, th this is a cop out, but I look at content marketing as being part of the long game. It's, you know, I right. think there are things you can do if you got to, you know, you need to meet your sales goals in the short term to go capture demand where it exists. And, um, there are things you can do on the sales front and also on the marketing front. But I think content marketing as a whole is not something you start and you do for three months or even six months and say, all right, did it work? Because what you're really trying to do is create a snowball effect here. And, and I think it requires consistency and it requires some time and patience that a lot of manufacturers don't have. So, you know, you as a guy who has been doing a podcast now for a couple of years, you've been you know, an active content marketer, you know, what do you have to say about that topic of, of patience and playing the long game? And if you can speak to the impact that you feel like it's had on, on eco, that would be great as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is, it is, it's a long game. I mean, if you're not prepared, that's why I think most podcasts, I've, there's some stats out there. It's maybe they die within the first seven episodes or this definitely early on that a lot of podcasts just fade out because if you're not committed to it, it's a ton of work. I mean, <laughs> it is a lot of work. You know, the fun part is like right now when we're recording the mics are hot, you know, people, that's what people see, but there is so much pre and post that goes into to making a good production. So, I mean, you know, you just gotta be committed to it. You know, for me, I wrote a, a business plan of, of how we want to go about eco ask why I wanted to I've actually put some metrics in, in place of, here's what I want to have in the bank at all times for recorded content so that I'm not always stressed out as a guest, as a host trying to find guests, mm -hmm. you know, get kind of gave me, you know, some runway there. So we mm -hmm. try to keep, usually it's about three months worth of content, just record it, ready, pushed out that away, you know, you know how it is scheduling with manufacturing. Yeah. It can be hard. I mean, it can be hard just to get a meeting, just to try to talk to them about a problem, let's just schedule a podcast. So, you know, that, that's been something that's worked well for us, just creating some really good metrics and, or, or management tools rather. So we can manage, you know, who's doing what from marketing standpoint to, to me, you know, who's got, where's the ball? Is it in my court? Is it in marketing's court? And then, you know, trying to figure out the ROI. I mean, that's right now where we're at, Joe. I mean, we're, we're developing a content marketing uh, program, you know, trying to put some formalization around that program and looking at, you know, what metrics are, you know, should we be focused on? You know, I mean, obviously podcast downloads or something, you know, social media views and likes and engagement, things like that are important, but you know, which one are vanity metrics versus which one are really important. You know, for me, it's all about the engagement, the comments, and is that actually leading to, a pipeline of opportunity that we can act on and ultimately serve that customer in the end. So, you know, we're trying to figure all that out. I don't have all that painted out right now, you know, in a formal plan, but we are, we are in the throes of it as we speak, you know, and I'm thankful, very thankful for people like you because you put so much great content out there on that topic specifically is helping me and our team figure out, okay, here's where we need to go. 
Yeah. I can, you know, empathize with all that. It's, um, you know, something we talk about a lot at Gorilla is you know, marketing attribution can be a pretty tricky thing. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, an executive wants a, a very clear kind of black and white. All right. What is the ROI on this podcast? What is the ROI on this content writing in endeavor? What is the ROI on, you know, fill in the blank with really anything. And what I always encourage people to do is look at your marketing program much more holistically mm. and say, what, you know, first of all, what are some of those um, KPIs that show us we're going in the right direction? You know, are people consuming your video content? You know, we, we use some paid media to, to push out social content and get more visibility on it. And we can get metrics like, uh, you know, what percentage of these people with CEO and president job titles at midsize manufacturers in the U S have watched 50% or more of this video, mm. or if, if they're watching less than 25% of it, it and then dropping off, it shows me that, that the topic probably is not resonating with them. So I think there are some of those engagement metrics that, mm-hmm. um, tell you if you're going the right direction, but they're kind of just barometers too. Whereas, you know, holistically over a, some more extended period of time, you want to say is, is revenue at this company growing? And, um, are we able to trace, you know, the source of some of our leads that are being qualified by sales and turning into quote requests and closing as the right customers? Can we attribute some of that to what marketing's doing? So it's, you know, there are, are, everything's measurable, but I think you need to be careful too, with what you do with all the data, because it's really easy to interpret it in the wrong way. And, and really make decisions that aren't always super sound. So it's, it's a tricky place to be. And I think you guys are, are looking at it right though. You know, it's let's, let's invest in building the audience and um, creating engagement with the right people from the right companies and good things are going to come from this. That's right. I mean, for us, we're at, and that's where we're starting audience for in need, you know, yep. so that's, that's, that's the beginning. And then from there, all right, we're going to measure what matters and that's yep. where we're trying to figure out, okay, let's make sure we're measuring the right stuff. And that, and that you know, we're, we're holding ourselves to the standard. That's the right standard, you know, cause I mean, there's too many times we could, we, you could be chasing the wrong thing and you feel really good about it. Maybe our, our followers are growing or things like that, but is that actually leading to revenue generating activity? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're looking at right now is trying to figure out, okay, how do we connect those dots? Uh, to make sure that, yeah, the content we're creating, that does lead to that engagement that, that we're hopeful for, because then that's going to lead to the, the business results that, that, you know, we're, that we're aiming for in the end. Well, you got your head in the right place for sure. So yeah, cool. we're trying, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, so Chris, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to touch on? Well, I think for the only other thing I can think of would be, you know, for the manufacturers out there, if you're trying to get your subject matter experts uh, engage because that, that, that's what I do on a regular basis. I try to work with, with our SMEs, mm-hmm. make it easy for them. You know, one thing that I've really started doing with those guys is uh, sit down and we'll script out stuff and we'll, we'll have it laid out for them. Maybe it's not a word for word, maybe it's an outline, but it, it takes that anxiety level from maybe a 10 down to maybe a four. <laughs> I don't think you ever get it down to a, to a one form with particularly when you have cameras on, but I find scripts really work well for when we're going through technical content, just to make sure one, you don't forget anything. And it just brings that, that, that comfort level down. So I think that that's been a big, big area of, of help. And then 
the importance of VOCs, you know, the voice of customers. So if you can engage your sales team and get your sales team to understand how that and marketing can work together, I, I kind of call it the, the, you know, the ITOT convergence, I'm calling it the sales marketing convergence. We try to, we got to bring the teams together and to figure out how we can bring value to each other because that voice of customer, that's going to drive your program, you know, that, and that should, because that's, that's who you're serving, you know, so you want to make sure you understand who you're serving and why you're serving them and, and how you can serve them the best. So uh, that, there were just a couple of areas. I don't think I, I touched on a little bit, but uh, I definitely would, would encourage people listening to, to lean into that uh, moving forward. Yeah. I'll back all that up. You know, I, I think that the best insights come from the brains of your subject matter experts, the best content topics come from the mouths of your customers and your prospects. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Well, Chris, this was a lot of fun today. I'm glad I got you on here. I just love your perspective is that, you know, kind of that fusion of, of engineer, technical expert and marketing guy. I need to get this message out to more people and in, in manufacturing organizations so they can kind of try to replicate and learn from you. Cause I think you guys are doing all the right stuff. So thanks for jumping on today. It right. means the world coming from you, Joe. We love what you're doing. We've learned so much from you. So just thank you for what you do. Gorilla 76, your whole team can't say enough about what you guys do as well. Appreciate that. So Chris, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you, where they can learn more about eco and, uh, and also your, your two podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the best way to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Uh, Chris Granger, you should be able, I don't know that there's that many Grangers out there. And it's just like the Granger catalog. Yes. It, I do not own part of Granger. No, that's not me. Russell, I probably wouldn't be talking to Joe, but uh, <laughs> yes. so yeah, check me out there. Eco online is our website. Eco asks why for the, uh, the podcast. That's, that's a way to connect with the, the eco stuff and the lion within the lion within us is, is my other podcast. And that's the lion within dot us. And, uh, and that's lion, like, you know, lions and tigers and bears. So, uh, that that's what that's all about. And it's about serving, you know, Christian men that are just trying to trying to better their lives. So that's, that's a weekly podcast too, that's coming out. And I do coaching. I do all, a lot of that stuff in the evenings and, and weekends, just trying to help, help guys get better, uh, with what they're trying to achieve in life. So yeah, check, check out both of those resources. Awesome. Chris. Well, thanks again for doing this. Really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. it was pleasure's all mine, Joe. Thank you. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Prolific. Prolific is an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.